Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Uh, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Today's Issues here on American Family Radio. Thanks for listening to AFR. On this Monday, February the 21st, I'm Tim Wildman with Ed Vitagliano. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Tim. And Fred, a, today's Fred. the 21st? Yep. So that means a week ago was Valentine's Day? Yeah. I, 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 think, I, I think I forgot something. I would just... I wouldn't bring it up. All right. Okay. I would hope. I better, I better hope, double check. I would on hope that. Diane doesn't bring it up. <laughs> Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Good morning. I remember Valentine's Day. I, all kidding aside, I took yeah. my wife out for right, dinner. Right. 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 But hey, I've been kind of playing up. McDonald's improved, or it, uh, actually, they, their their dollar menu yeah. is to die for. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, quarter pounder and a, and a and a Valentine's card. You can't beat that for romanticism. Small right fries. <laughs> I got the large so we could share. <laughs> and to be extra special, you went through the drive-thru, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Allison doesn't like sharing fries anymore. I we, don't we, either. Well, because it's she wrong. says I eat the majority of them. It's wrong. Yeah. I'm just yeah. going to say so, it, Tim. So even a married couple should get their own fries. Well, that's what we've so. been doing for 40 years. It, it's worked good for you. The first year we shared fries. After that, I was like, because <laughs> she, would, she would say, I don't want any. I'd get fries, and then right. here comes her fingers <laughs> across the table. Miss, I, I don't know. want any. And then first year, I was saying, ha, 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 okay, right. sweetie, sure. Right. And then after that, I said, you, no, you know, I'm you getting you You said you some. didn't want any. Right. Well, do you want me to go buy you some? Go I buy just your... started buying them. <laughs> I just started oh, buying oh, them. Oh, you started buying them? That way yeah, you didn't, didn't even have ask to her. say. Yep. Uh, uh, okay. So then, But then you get the, uh, so you don't want to share with me? Is that it? And I and after the first year, I said, that's correct. That's just, that's just. Get it out in the open. Problem? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Sounds like true love to me. Right. Problem solved. <laughs> Problem solved. All right. Uh, we will, Thank you for listening. If you want to watch on the internet, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? We were in we were in YouTube timeout for one week because we don't know why. We suspect we know why, but we don't know why uh, because they didn't tell us. They just told us we violated community standards. Uh so, but now we're back on YouTube as of Friday. So if you want to watch this show, just type in today's issues, YouTube, and you can watch the show. Now, listen, people, do not type in today's issues, Ivermectin. <laughs> okay. If you type in today's issues, Ivermectin, you'll get us banned again. That's okay? right. We'll probably have to go time out for two weeks. And then they're going to probably hunt you down too <laughs> and, and right. cancel your YouTube account because we can't, we cannot talk about the I word. Can't even talk about it uh, or anything related to anything that, uh, uh, that might question the, the <clears throat> supremacy of the CDC. Yes. All right. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about today. If you want to watch us on Facebook, you can do that too. Facebook live, uh, to just type in today's issues. And you can watch the show there. We also post the stories that we discuss. So, there you go. Uh, Fred, what's happening in the news this morning? Well, since last we met, we talked about it last week. Uh, Prime Minister Trudeau of Canada evoking what's called the Emergencies Act. And basically, it was never done in Canada before. 
Uh, it was brought in many years ago to uh, protect the country against terrorism. But he decided to use it to break up what was ver- a very peaceful demonstration by truckers in Canada. Uh, they opposed uh, a new mandate that Trudeau brought in. Any Canadian truckers coming back into Canada uh, with a load of fruit from Florida, whatever the case may be, they had to be vaccinated or they'd have to pull over for two weeks in quarantine. That was kind of the catalyst that got a protest going. Uh, it went well beyond the truckers. Thousands of Canadians got behind it. There was the convoy that arrived in Ottawa. They've been there for the last couple and a half weeks. Canada, or Trudeau brings in the Emergencies Act. And then what happened late last week, late Thursday and Friday of last week, uh, police officers, the RCMP, Royal Canadian Mounted Police, police officers from across the country, descended on Ottawa. And uh, on Saturday, they went to work to uh, clear out And I say the protesters, I just want to make the point right away. Uh, What they call protesters were people singing O Canada. They had barbecues. They had uh, musical concerts each night. Um, And they were just there, families, husband, wives, kids. Uh, They were having a good time. That's all it was. But they wanted to bring attention to the fact that enough with the mandates. But the police moved in uh, when it was over. Uh, early yesterday morning, Sunday morning, close to 200 people had been arrested, uh, close to 100 vehicles towed away. Of the the people arrested, uh, a lot of them are now facing uh, the government taking control of their bank accounts, uh, the trucks that are being towed away. The mayor of Ottawa says he's going to keep them and sell them their trucks. These Some of these trucks are $200,000 trucks. Uh, so that's what's been going on. It got pretty rough at points, uh, one incident in particular, we're going to play this for you. It was a woman, I believe, in a wheelchair. Some of the uh, police officers were on horses. They moved to push back the crowd. And at one point, uh, according to uh, press reports, basically these uh, cops on horses trampled a woman in the protests. Cut number two. Here comes the horses. Yeah, that was one incident. They also used pepper spray on some individuals. Um, Some of the leaders, one of the leaders of the protest, uh, she is sitting in jail in Ottawa this morning. Uh, Tomorrow she has a hearing before a judge. She's asking to get out of jail, $5,000 bail, but she doesn't even know she has that because all her bank accounts have been frozen. Uh, This is one of the weapons of the Emergencies Act. Basically, the government comes in takes all your control of all your your money it was very interesting during a uh, news conference yesterday the po- acting police chief in ottawa steve bell he was asked by a reporter and you're going to hear the question okay what happens now you've arrested all these people basically 
the street has been open in front of uh, Parliament buildings there in Ottawa. What happens now? Is it over? And you're going to hear the response from the interim police chief, Steve Bell. Cut one. If the protesters at this point, uh, you know, uh, retreat and go home, uh, are they going to be getting sort of repercussions down the road? Or are you going to be sort of actively pursuing the people that you've been sort of documenting and filming who are still out there protesting? What are your plans after this, uh, after the protest is over? So thank you. It's a great question. And the simple answer is yes. If you are involved in this protest, we will actively look to identify you and follow up with financial sanctions and criminal charges. Absolutely. We, this investigation will go on for months to come. It has many, many different streams, both from a federal uh, financial level, from a provincial licensing level, from a criminal code level, from a municipal breach of court order, breach of court injunction level. It will be a complicated and time-consuming um, investigation that will go on for a period of time. You have my commitment that that investigation will continue and we will hold people accountable for taking our streets over. So yeah. uh, as you can hear there, uh, Trudeau, the Trudeau government and uh, the police acting on his behalf basically want to ensure that the pain uh, is going to be inflicted upon these individuals and it's going to continue for a long time. You know, China is not the only surveillance state mm -hmm. in, in, in the world. Most Western democracies now are, are upping their game when it comes to surveillance. And that's not all bad. I mean, we have seen over the last couple of years that when people out of the blue will just beat someone on the streets of New York, for example, or Chicago, mm -hmm. they're usually able to locate those individuals because there are cameras everywhere. All right. However, what we, I think, are going to increasingly see, and this individual that you just, we just had the audio from in Canada, the interim police chief, I think, in Ottawa. Correct. Uh, what you're going to see, I, I'm afraid, is that governments will also use their surveillance, surveillance capabilities to go after political opponents and to bring the coercive and destructive power of the federal governments which are enormous, their abilities to break someone financially and in every way mm. are enormous. And they're going to increasingly going to use this surveillance capabilities to hunt down political opponents. Now, obviously, from their perspective, from this gentleman we just uh, heard from, he believes these were laws broken. He believes he's right in doing so. But there is a political tinge, obviously, to what went on in Canada and elsewhere in the United States because as you have quoted on a number of cases, uh, Justin Trudeau said, these are people with unacceptable views. Well, how far does that go? In this country, domestic terrorists, parents showing up at school board meetings, being treated and mentioned as possible domestic terrorists. How often is that power going to be used against ordinary citizens? Well, we've talked about this a couple of times now, this Homeland Security Bulletin that was issued on February the 7th, Summary of Terrorism Threat to the U.S. Homeland, Examples, Widespread Online Proliferation of False and Misleading Narratives Regarding Unsubstantiated Widespread Election Fraud and COVID-19. So if the government doesn't like your opinion on COVID-19, we're going to come after you. You're in our crosshairs. But what are you going to do? What is, what's going to happen, fellas, now that COVID is uh, going away? 
as a pandemic. I mean, Israel just uh, announced yesterday they're no, they're no longer going to have any restrictions uh, in, entry into their country. Vaccinated, unvaccinated, doesn't matter. Come on, come one, come all. And I think you're seeing countries around the world open up like this because they're seeing that <laughs> the vaccine doesn't stop the uh, Omicron uh, variant. And uh, it's mild. It's like a cold for people uh, that it, that it affects at all. So I'm just saying that it's just like to me, the world is sort of getting back to trying to get back to normal. Even I, I think the world is Tim. You're exactly yeah. right. But I believe there are people in leadership with the mentality that they're not going to let the big thumb of government, the pressure. They're not going to let the pressure off the people. You had the Project Veritas video mm-hmm. we talked about late last week <clears throat> where they caught this guy from the FDA on ca- on camera and an audio saying the plan is to force people to take inoculation, an inoculation every year. So I, I, I believe there is a thinking that we've got the people where we want them now and we're not going to let the pressure up. I, I agree that that is the mentality of the secular progressive left in this country. However, Fred, I think uh, uh, the, even the Democrat states now are saying we're doing away with face masks. And in other words, uh, I think even liberals are tired of living like this. And everybody's more, more people wanting to get back to normal than are wanting to hang on to their face mask in the car. But I, I, I mean, still, I still think that that the vaccines can still be used, I think, as a political weapon. So, yeah, we're going to get back to normal, but I think, well, uh, in Canada, I don't, uh, do, you, do you think Justin Trudeau is going to, no. he's going to change that, uh, that, that? Can I get my opinion on this? And then and then you guys feel free to weigh in. Yeah. But, I mean, I am a part of this program. Yeah. And, and huh? Yeah. We, we, I think we need a third, a third, a third. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. Um. Because I'm I'm sympathetic with everything you guys are saying, and we've talked about this for a couple of years now, and especially the last six months or so, how the left wing uh, left wingers in this country and internationally are trying to use the pandemic to scare people into giving up their freedoms in the name of public safety. We see that happening over and over and over and over again. Prime example is what Fred's been talking about the story out of Canada. However, I, while I do agree with that is the motive of people like Biden and, and company, I don't think it's going to – you cannot keep up a facade but only so long until people say, you know what, why are we doing this? This is why Israel said we're not doing any – it doesn't matter, vaccinated or unvaccinated, it doesn't matter anymore for all practical purposes. I think that's what government, state governments are, and governors and mayors even – are seeing around the country here, even the lefties, a lot of the lefties are saying, "Hey, this, these mandates are not necessarily any necessary anymore." So, and they're unpopular. They're even unpopular with my staff, <laughs> you know, who don't want to be masked up everywhere they go. Right. Uh, I think that I think they're going to go away unless we have some kind of a uh, another variant that crops up in Mozambique next week and spreads all over the world like they did out of South Africa, what, a couple, three months ago with the Omicron. But even that turned out to be basically a a cold. Right. I just don't think people are going to st- – I don't think governments are going to stop the world again 
for a cold. You're going to have to have something uh, more serious to reinstitute all these mandates and regulations. That's my view. I, I think it's going to be really interesting. As we know now, there is a trucker convoy that is being put together here in the United States. We understand that truckers from California, from various points around the United States, over the next couple of weeks, are going to descend on Washington, D.C., supposedly. They're going to be there for Biden's State of the Union address on March the 1st, which is coming up uh, a week from I th- week from tomorrow. What are they protesting? Well, they're going to the mandates. What mandates? On, on Any ongoing mandates, uh, any restrictions. That's apparently what the convoy is about. I guess they've been inspired by the Canadian truckers, and they want to do the same thing, send the same message uh, to Biden. Uh, that's why apparently now they put the fence up again around the Capitol building in Washington. They're expecting these protesters. I, I think, guys, what the everybody was surprised that this kind of protest occurred in Canada because that's not characteristic, right. they think, of, of Canada. But it's really interesting. There was a Romanian citizen, uh, Christian Terez is his name. He spoke at the EU Parliament, compared Justin Trudeau to the former Romanian dictator, Nikolai, Nikolai uh, Ceausescu. Have a listen to it. Cut number four. And what the Prime Minister of Canada, the way he's behaving right now, he's exactly like a tyrant, like a dictator. He's like Ceausescu in Romania. If even you doubt, if you raise doubts about the vaccines, you're outcasted. What's the difference between what he does and what happened under the Inquisition? See, on one side they say, well, we should not believe in God. But on the other side, they say, believe in science. We don't have to. Science is not about belief. Science, science is about measurements, conclusions, hypotheses, and arguments. Yeah, that was... Who, who a, is that now? That was a Romanian citizen speaking to the EU Parliament. His name is Christian Terez. I mean, you guys... Ed, what do you think about... The, I, I just think the mandates are going to go away uh, unnaturally because... The virus is going away. Again, unless there's something variant comes up, but uh, uh, well, I, I, I'm sure I'm sure eventually they will. But for example, Disney just recently came out and said you don't have to wear masks when you come to Disney if you can prove you've been vaccinated. So I can't. I, so I, I'm going to say that goes away in a month. Maybe it will. I, yeah, I, maybe it will. But this. Th- what, what I, here's what I'm saying, people. Listen unto me, okay? okay? As I interrupt Ed, <laughs> uh, what I'm saying is I don't disagree with. Obviously, we've been talk, we're all in agreement here. Yeah, these these, right. these lefties want to use this for political purposes. No right. question about it. But I, I'm just saying, if the virus continues to subside to the point where it where it where it, it, it it isn't even in existence any longer, you can't keep up this charade. Because it's ridiculous, and it's hurting your financial uh, bottom line, too. Uh, if you start, for for Disney, for example, yeah, uh, they're, they're going to do away with, just like Israel, they're going to do away with wanting to stand there and check everybody's vaccine status that right. enters the park when there's no, there's, no, there's no virus to vaccine against. Right. But what happens if uh, COVID becomes a regular part of, of our winter, um, like uh, the flu, like the flu, they're just going to, well, 
That's that's what I'm saying. I, I know. I, I think the, I think the American unless it becomes more lethal than it is right now with the Omicron, which is a cold head cold, then n- nobody's going back to this. Nobody's going I'm back. Not ta- to the I'm way. not talking about shutdowns and you know mask mandates. I'm talking about vaccine status. I I can see. Nope. Okay. I I, I just, go. I, I, you know what? I apologize, listeners. I know you are frustrated with me interrupting him. Ed and I, Ed and I's offices are about ten feet apart, <laughs> and we talk to each other like this all day, every day. Yeah. And we go home friends. Yeah. In fact, we agree on ninety nine percent of things. Yes. Uh, uh, okay. So, go ahead and 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 say what you were going to say before I rudely interrupted I, you. I think I think the medical establishment, and I think blue states and leftist politicians are going to want to keep this a thing. I'm talking about vaccine status, especially if COVID comes around every year and becomes a part of our regular health struggles like the flu. I think they're going to try to keep it. I don't think Justin Trudeau anytime soon is going to stop that mandate for truckers. He can't now. Well, but, I mean, eventually all these other mandates will will end in terms of lockdowns and masks and stuff. But I think they want to keep this going. Here's where I agree with Tim. I, th- I think the mandates will magically disappear as we get closer to the November election because they are, are That's true. widely That's- unpopular. Because, as you say, Tim, they're not needed anymore. And if Biden, if they continue to pound the pulpit and say, your kids need to be masked, if they keep listening to the teachers' union which is still advocating for masks on kids. That, that is, if you're a Democrat, that's it. That's why 30 Democrats said we're not going to run this fall. I mean, it, they, that's understand, po- that's possible. they yeah. understand they are so unpopular. People, I agree with you, Tim, people, American people are fed up with this. Yeah. They've had enough of this. Yeah. I, I, I just think that and, and if the pandemic truly goes away, as it appears it is, uh, and even leading scientists are saying this yeah. too, uh, th- then, th- then you're then pushing for a, uh, uh, a you know booster shot <laughs> on a fa- on a pandemic that isn't even there anymore is just silly, and and I think and ridiculous, and and so I don't know I don't know what somebody like Biden who's going to be redefining people as fully you got to be fully vaxxed. yeah mm-hmm. right got to be fully vaxxed. Okay. Now, now we do agree that this is silly. I mean, I agree with you about that. Yeah, but I believe leftists are silly. Here's what I, I I I don't agree with your premise. I mean, yeah. I, I, excuse me, I don't disagree with your premise. Absolutely agree with your premise on the motivation of left wing politicians to exploit this. Yeah, I'm just saying I think even people who are liberal are not going to want to go back to the or not want to continue this if it appears to be a complete charade. Yeah. Uh, because they don't want to live like this anyway. This is why. This is why you see all the hypocrites in at the Super Bowl, all the celebrities and everybody who say mask up for mm-hmm. children, mm-hmm. right? And and everybody they don't have mask on because they don't believe it works, right? And they don't care anymore, and they and they don't care anymore, and they're going. Uh, I'm, I don't feel like I'm at risk for anything that's uh, a serious threat yeah. to my life. So I just think that. Uh, I think that the uh, again, assuming that there's not a a, 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 a more uh, deadly, should I say, by, uh, variant, God forbid, that pops up somewhere in the world, if it's just going to be like the annual, like the flu season, we got the COVID season coming here, 
and it's not anything worse than the Omicron was yeah. in terms of how it affects the vast, vast majority of people. I just think we'll just learn to live with it and uh, the treat, people, treat it when we get it. Yeah, yeah. When people want to wear a face mask in their car, go for it. Yeah. Huh? Help yourself. Okay, mask. But just remember that the virus gets through the eyes too. So get your goggles out. <laughs> so you and need your face shield. You need your goggles and your face mask in your car by yourself to be safe. Right. We'll be back momentarily. Why is it important to have our children read the Word of God out loud every day? Here's Joseph Parker. The Word of God is pregnant with the ability to bless us, to transform us, to save us, to heal us, to encourage us, to lift us up, to mold and guide and shape our perspective, our attitude, our whole outlook on the world. Nothing will bless our lives more than the powerful Word of God. For more encouragement, read Joseph's article, Children Who Read the Word of God, at afa.net slash the stand. You know, most tours of our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., don't include the spiritual heritage of our country, the Christian history of our nation, the people, the places, the events that God used to birth America. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. My friend, historian Stephen McDowell of the Providence Foundation, goes with us on these tours And he talks all along the way. He tells you about the people, the places, the events. And he does so from a Christian perspective. So you're invited to join us on one of these spiritual heritage tours in June and September. We also go to Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown on a separate tour if you want to do that as well. So for all the information, go to spiritualheritagetours.com. Again, simply the website spiritualheritagetours.com. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. Loretta Lynn, the coal miner's daughter, says country music is dead. The country music legend mourned the passing of the musical genre during a podcast interview with Martina McBride. It's true that country music has been overrun by woke leftists. I wrote a chapter about the demise of country music in my book, Culture Jihad, How to Stop the Left from Killing a Nation. Country music, at its heart, is a uniquely American musical tradition rooted in heartbreak and hope, faith, and family. But in recent years, cultural progressives have invaded Music City. I write in my book about how the head of the Country Music Association Foundation hated Governor Mike Huckabee. The executive, who's a gay married man, said country music has no place for people like Huckabee, a kind-hearted, church-going lover of music. You know, it's sad to say, but Loretta Lynn is right. Country music is deader than a possum trying to cross a Mississippi highway. I'm Todd Starnes.
Announcing AFA.net slash connect. It's the one click that will link you to so many AFA platforms. Pick and choose which updates you want to receive. Easily subscribe or unsubscribe. American Family Studio. And to quote our privacy policy, American Family Association will not sell, rent, or lease your personal information to outside organizations. AFA Journal. Make a better connection with AFA at AFA.net slash connect. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not extinguish. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow weak or discouraged before he has established justice on the earth. In his law, the islands will put their hope. Isaiah 42, 3 and 4. American Family Radio. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. I'm Tim Wildman with Ed Vitagliano and Fred Jackson. We thank you for listening to AFR. If you want to send us an email, the address is comments at AFR.net. Comments at AFR.net. Well, one of the issues that we've talked about the last few months, even back maybe a year or two now, on American Family Radio, you've heard the uh, expression, the term critical race theory. And what we've been trying to help educate everybody on who listens to us on about what this is and why it's a threat, this uh, critical race theory and how it's spreading across the country. Well, one of the gentlemen who knows as much about this as anybody is our good friend Kirby Anderson, who's done a lot of research and writing on uh, – on, uh, Woke Theology, and Kirby joins us now from Dallas. Good morning, Kirby. Good morning, Tim, and I'll see if I can bring some harmony to our discussion today. <laughs> well, that depends. Do you think I'm right or they're right, uh, you know, Kirby? Uh, no, I, uh, no uh, hey, Looking no, we actually, Fred, Ed, and I don't disagree on much here. We're just both, uh, maybe a slight different take on this. What, before we get to your, how long do you got with us, 10, 15 minutes or so? Yeah, as long as you want. All right, what do you uh, think about want, what, what, what do you what do you think about what we we're talking about there about the code? Well, again, um, I have been convinced. As a matter of fact, we get into woke theology, which you will in just a minute. You know, you've heard me say before: go woke, go broke. And there is a sense in which this is playing out. And if you take it out of masks for just a minute, you would have been surprised if a year ago I'd been on today's issues and said, you know what? Uh, all sorts of liberals are going to be bashed for something they said. Joe Rogan, Whoopi Goldberg, uh, Bill Maher, Jordan Peterson, Alan Dershowitz, J.K. Rowling. You say, no, that doesn't make sense. And that's exactly what's happening, that even liberals find themselves being criticized by the left, which tells me that if all the people that are listening to American Family Radio, and even a good number of people that maybe are listening to, I don't know, NPR or MSNBC are starting to say, you know, I'm kind of done with the mask. I'm done with this woke stuff. Um, I was born in uh, the San Francisco Bay Area. I was born in Berkeley. And did you see what happened the other day to three 
uh, school board members in San Francisco, uh, you can see that there is a real pushback right now, and it's a pushback on everything from critical race theory, transgenderism, but also masks. So I think even though there are still some Justin Trudeau's out there and maybe Joe Biden's that are just convinced that we need to actually bring these uh, mandates back, I got a feeling that uh, if anything, we're heading in the opposite direction. There are people right now, I was talking with Ed Jack, uh, e. J- Debbie Jackson the other day on my program, of course you have him on American Family Radio, that we're not just talking about a red uh, wave, we're talking about maybe a red tsunami come November. And I do agree, I think it was Fred that said, you know, I got a feeling these mass mandates will just disappear as we get closer to the midterm election. Hey, Kirby, you're going to be speaking uh, at the Hope Center there in Plano, uh, where you, broad- you broadcast from um, on Thursday, March the 17th. And the uh, tell us about the topic, what time the event starts, and how can people attend? Sure, people in Dallas can attend it, but we also put it up online and podcasts and the rest. So even if you can't attend it, it's called the Woke Theology is the Social Justice Movement Hijacking the Gospel, 7 o'clock on Thursday the 17th. But that's just one of the events. I find myself as I'm traveling around to various radio stations and doing various events, I tend to speak about this a lot. Because, Tim, what we find is is that I use the term woke theology because for people that are not Christians, the whole idea of wokeism has become a theology. It almost has its own, if you will, eschatology, future things, almost has its whole view of salvation and the rest. And so it becomes sort of a surrogate religion for the non-Christian world. But the other part of that is, is, as I think all of you around the table know, I'm sure Ed can speak to that as well, that it has worked its way inside the church, and it started primarily in some of the liberal churches, but even churches we would consider to be evangelical churches, churches that would be friends of American Family Radio, you're starting to hear some of these woke ideas. So I want to educate more and more people about what this is and how to respond to it, because there is a real push, as we've seen in the corporations, I just mentioned, go woke, go broke, And, uh, of course, you can afford to do that if you have kind of a monopoly, if you're social media or something like that, or your constituency is liberal. But um, wokeism doesn't work real well if you're spending most of your time telling your customers that they're bad and then canceling your fellow employees. So, again, we can see the dangers in the corporation, but also want to alert people and even pastors of the dangers of beginning to implement some of these ideas into the church because they really compromise the gospel. Uh, Kirby, um, a a lot of people in the evangelical community who would defend woke theology would say, listen, we're just addressing a real sin, and that's all we're doing. You see, we see this as a direct threat. You just mentioned it, a direct threat to the gospel. So tell me, uh, why you think it is a threat to the gospel if they're just simply talking about sins that we should all avoid. And again, I would say at two points that I will make, and one is fairly simple, and that is where did this idea come from? Critical race theory comes from what's called the Frankfurt School. It was something developed at the University of Frankfurt, but then those scholars came over to this country to escape the Nazis and really 
began to establish that first at Columbia University, and then it began to be taught in the law schools because of a man by the name of Derek Bell. I won't go into all the details, but first of all, you're using a particular view of the world that is not Christian. It is Marxist. It uh, isn't maybe classical Marxism. It's more kind of a, a different kind of Marxism, but it still sees people in terms of not so much class as race. And so, first of all, if you take it to its logical extension, if you have white skin, you're an oppressor. If you have black skin, you're a victim. It doesn't matter all the other circumstances around that. But I would also appeal to my Christian friends to simply say, okay, think about how effective this is going to be. If you look over the last two centuries, what have been the most successful social movements? And you'd think of, oh, the abolition movement, the uh, a temperance movement, perhaps, the suffrage movement, the civil rights movement. What do they all have in common? Oh, well, they have in common a Christian foundation. So it seems to me that some of the most effective ways to address issues have been from a Christian point of view, which starts with the assumption that people are created in the image of God, that we do have sin, that we do need to hold people accountable for sinful actions and the rest. But we don't want to say that individuals are, can never change because they, once they are labeled as an oppressor, there's really no grace, there's no ability for you to provide forgiveness to an individual or the rest. And so I would say that the most effective tools have always been from a Christian point of view. And secondarily, do we want to use a tool or a mechanism that is based upon sort of a Marxist view of the world rather than a Christian view of the world. So I, I understand they're concerned about issues of race, but I think we actually have a much better answer in the Bible and in the gospel. Talking to Kirby Anderson. Uh, Kirby is with Pro Ministries and heard, heard his weekday on Point of View Radio program, a national Christian talk radio program, maybe the first that went national. Was that, is that the first? You guys are celebrating 50 I years. Think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are fifty years here at National Religious Broadcasters next yeah. month, and uh, Marlon Maddox started it. And fifty years of broadcast. Wow. Now Kirby will be speaking uh, Thursday, March the seventeenth, at seven o'clock at the Hope Center in Plano, uh, which is in the Dallas Fort Worth area. For those who live outside, but you want to drive in and be a part of this, uh, hear Kirby talk on the the topic of woke theology. Is the social justice movement hijacking the gospel? That's the title. Is that uh, free to the public, or is there cost, or what, Kirby? No, no completely free. We get come and get some cookies, get some handouts, and all those kinds of things. And again, I'll be doing this other places, so if somebody wants me okay. to come and speak in a church or something, that's available as well. Handouts? You're giving handouts there for the thing? Oh, yes. I want to give them some fa facts and figures, because, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, we, you, you run into people that don't know how to respond to that. You know, yes. that's one of the things I want to equip people to to know, okay, I've got an uncle that says this, or I've got a classmate that says this, or I've got someone in my business that's uh, uh, all into diversity, equity, inclusion. How do I respond to that? Right. Hey, let me jump to the end of the book here for just a minute, uh, Kirby, and that is where where do these people who are pushing this woke theology, uh, this critical race theory, this white people are evil idea, uh, Christian conservatives are the worst people on the place, face of the earth. You hear that kind of, which is associated with this. I mean, they, these people, these people on the, on the left who are pushing woke theology, they hate our guts. Yeah. <laughs> huh? 
Uh, I mean, this, the, really, they have particular disdain for for Christians who uh, are in this. So Christians who uh, object to their right what they're promoting. Where where do they want to go with all this? Where where do they want this all to end? What's the what's the end game? Well, that's a good question because ultimately the left has been good at destroying, but the left has not been very good at building up. And so, uh, whether it's Ibram X. Kendi or any of the other proponents, uh, if indeed you say that an individual is because he or she is white. Uh, tries to get rid of their whiteness, but is always going to be an oppressor because you lived in a system that is rigged against them, there's never a sense of, well, then what does it look like? Because if we around the table say that ultimately our goal is to judge people on the basis of their character rather than the color of their skin, and of course we all know where that phrase comes from, that has been set aside. And this is why I think Tim and Ed and Fred were really running into um, again, the end game, what I call kind of the eschatology. What's your future things? What does that world look like? Well, they really never give you a vision of that because the vision is to try to totally transform society. But what are you transforming it into? And every time a country is tried an experiment with Marxism, because ultimately this is maybe different. Classical Marxism says that class is the issue. You have the proletariat and the bourgeoisie. This one instead says, no, we're going to look at, for example, race. So that's critical race theory. Or lots of times they look at sexual orientation because there's sort of what's called intersection. And so, again, we're going to uh, give individuals that are seen as victims greater preference. But again, if indeed your ultimate goal is to have a harmony and an opportunity for us to have diversity, but at least unity, it is driving you in the opposite direction. And what you see playing out in the streets, what you saw even recently playing up in Canada, all this one wasn't so much having to do with race, but it has to do with other kinds of uh, divisions, is that it just ends up with conflict because that's the, if you will, the ultimate end game. And there's really no idea of what this utopian view is going to look like because in every case, the focus is on trying to alienate people and marginalize people and criticize people because of some of the critique that's being brought. Yes, uh, absolutely. We're talking to Kirby Anderson, what Kirby just talked about, absolutely correct. Let me just say this to, to sort of add, add, add to that or answer my own, in a way, answer some of my own question here, which Kirby answered, by the way. He didn't avoid it. Um. I'll give you an example of of where the these the woke crowd ultimately ends up or where they want to take us, folks. <clears throat> this woke ideology, uh, uh, so the social justice movement, the uh, critical race theory. Every, most everybody knows who Colin Kaepernick is. Okay, mm-hmm. Colin Kaepernick is the former NFL quarterback for the San Francisco Forty ers he was the one who started the kneel during the national anthem movement to protest uh, what most people thought at the time was pol- just police brutality against African Americans in particular. Well, what he was really protesting, as it turns out, was America itself. He doesn't believe in reforming America and 
bringing attention to things that are, you know, that he, he has a problem with in society. Colin Kaepernick has said that he believes in revolution. In other words, he doesn't want America to exist as it has, period. Okay. He is a person who subscribes to communism or socialism slash communism. That's why he said he uh, idolizes, uh, I don't know if he said idolize, but Castro in Cuba. He wears T-shirts lauding him. That's why he grew his big afro because he, he, he wanted to make a political statement for black power, okay? You know what I'm saying? Uh, in promoting promoting that as um, resistance to white America. He said that uh, July 4th, he tweeted out that this isn't his holiday. He does the same thing on Thanksgiving. This is stolen land. The reason I bring his name up is most everybody knows who he is. He is representative of the woke crowd, the woke theology, the social justice movement, the critical race theory, the far, far left, the AOCs. He's representative of their ideology. So I say that to say these aren't just old school Democrats, maybe, who have a disagreement with Republicans on the budget for defense or for transportation or whatever the case may be in Washington, D.C., or even on a state level. These are people who... They hate America's founders. They hate the principles we were founded on. They want to uproot it all. Okay? So that's where they're coming from. So that's why they must be opposed. If you love our country, if you love America, whatever skin color you are, you've got to identify, you've got to recognize these people, for example, are trying to exploit class warfare they're trying to exploit, they're trying to create racial divisions and strife in America uh, for the purpose of overthrowing the system, for lack of a better expression here. So, Ed, any, I mean, the, these people want Venezuela come no, to America. That's, I, that's, exact, that's exactly right. And what happens is that, and, and as uh, Kirby said, and then we can pitch it back to Kirby, but as Kirby said, Revolutionaries rarely, even even Lenin and some of those uh, that uh, started the Russian Revolution, the Communist Revolution in Russia, they were uh, very familiar with the fact that well, we're not really sure what we're going to do afterwards. We just know the current status, the status quo has to go. And so when uh, you have revolutionaries talking in this country, that's what they want. They want overthrow. That's why they're attacking the foundational. Uh, ideas, the founders. That's why they. That's why San Francisco wanted their names off the schools. That's why they say defund the police. That's why they say defund the police. Defund law and order because it's a white man's. Because uh, in white communist man's- in communist ideology, the bourgeoisie, as Kirby talked about, the the ones who own the wealth use the police to preserve their place in the world. So you defund the police, so chaos ensues, so that people will overthrow those who rule. And for members of the evangelical community to kind of tie into this movement, I don't know whether it's just ignorance or whether they don't care about what this country looks like, is really kind of shameful. 
and it and it undermines. Yeah, don't the tie gospel. this to the Bible. Right. Well, that, ahead, that, that, that raises an interesting question. Then you you've talked about how wokeism is infiltrating into some evangelical circles. So what do they? What scriptures do they use, Kirby, to try to justify? You know, if they're basing their church on the Bible, what, tell me what scriptures that that are used to try to force this into the congregations. Well, again, sometimes as liberation theologians used to do for a long time ago, they'll pull something out of the book of Exodus or maybe one of the prophets uh, like Amos. But again, um, that's first of all true. But again, we can use the Bible to come to biblical conclusions. But I would just counter by saying, well, then what do we do with, uh, for example, Galatians 3, which says there's neither Jew nor Greek or slave or free, male or female, we're all one in Christ Jesus, or Ephesians 2, where Christ pulls down the division between Jews and Gentiles. Uh, I can come up with all sorts of verses that uh, help us understand that there's sin in the world, you know, all of sin and fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23, but we believe in uh, forgiveness and salvation, Whereas, again, the problem with this idea of critical race theory or even just the social justice gospel is that once condemned, always condemned. There's no place for grace. There's no place for Ephesians 2, uh, 8 and 9. There's no place for forgiveness, and there's no place for salvation. So um, they have to really ignore a lot of verses, especially in the New Testament, and camp on two or three um, and ultimately, it's under the justification that race is an issue. I agree with that. Uh, we should address any kind of racial attitudes that people might have that don't need to be corrected. But the solution comes from the gospel, not by implementing some Marxist idea that was invented in Germany. All right, Kirby, uh, again, how, can people go to the Hope Center website, or how can they uh, find out more information about they just, your... Yeah, they, yeah. They, they just go to probe.org, P-R-O-B-E.O-R-G. We'll also have a lot of material on the website for people to know how to answer these questions, because they get these questions all the time from people that they work with and people in their families. We want to equip them to, to give good biblical answers. You know, folks, what's at stake here is the very future and uh, whether America is going to exist as we know, as we've known it, America in particular here, because this is the great goal of the socialist slash communist, that is to bring down the United States of America and re to bring it down. And that's the goal of the, I mean, of, of so many in the world. Uh, it, it, maybe they would say not burn. Well, they want to burn the whole thing to the ground so they can rebuild it. Uh, if they have a, a plan post-America uh, right. as we've known it, as we talked about here, uh, is to rebuild it in the image of a, a Venezuela type or a, a more communist totalitarian state government, which will impose what the progressives thinks is is the is right for the world. Right. You know, so that's that's what's at stake here. They, these people really don't believe in free in a, any of the principles hardly that uh, are expressed in the Constitution. They don't believe in private property. They don't believe. They believe in uh, income tax that are fifty percent or more, or seventy-five percent, or ninety percent in some cases. Um, they believe in using the public schools to impose their ideology on children and getting rid of private schools because private schools are homeschooling 
uh, takes away the control that the state would have to impose these ideas. That's why they object to private schools and Christian schools. They want to call those racist, for example. They want to defund the police. They want to get rid of the police because the police uh, uh, are oppressive, and, and they want to get rid of, rid of bail, B-A-I-L, uh, not bail the God. Uh, they probably want to worship him. But I'm talking about bail uh, for for people who commit crimes. We see the devastating effects that's having on cities all over America. Uh, right. But you know what? If people or Democrats want to vote for that stuff, then you're just going to have to live in it. Right. Live with the consequences. You keep you keep voting for Democrats in these big cities. Uh, what's the old expression? You keep voting for something and expecting some, a different results. Yeah, that isn't the expression, but you keep doing the same thing. Yeah, insanity. insanity. Insanity is continuing yeah. to do the same thing. Who said thing? that? Ace Ventura? Or <laughs> <laughs> who was that that said that? Uh, I don't I don't uh, remember. Some some attributed, I think, to uh, Albert Barrett? Einstein, but okay. I'm not sure. But anyway, you get the idea. These the, the, these uh, people are going to continue to vote this way in California. In New York, they're just not going to – it's going to get worse and worse and worse. Chicago. Chicago, for for another example, Atlanta's out of control too, by the right. way. So uh, this is a war for the soul and the very survival of America as we've known it. It's, a, we, it's not it's – it's a very serious uh, confrontation that we face here. So when uh, – they're, they're, you know, we've mentioned about what's happening at the, at the college and university level, which is now – promoting atheism and communism and Marxism. That's down going down to the high school level. Uh, so it's, it's a war is what we got going on here. And uh, we must be engaged and we must uh, elect people to office in particular, all the way from school boards, as we've seen, to city councils, to state legislatures, to governors, all the way to our federal offices including the presidency, we must elect people to office who love our country and cherish our Constitution and want to preserve our freedoms and our way of life. And uh, the vast majority of people in the Democratic Party do not want to do any of those things. They subscribe to this woke ideology, which is tearing down our country. Kirby, thanks for letting me talk for the last seven minutes. I appreciate it. <laughs> and uh, uh, Thank you for your uh, stand for all those issues. I really appreciate it. All right, Kirby. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Okay. We shall return in five minutes with more of today's issues. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.